0: Well, tonight I'm doing a sort of a a very special sermon. I don't remember the last time I did something like this. I want to talk tonight about seven important things to pray for your children. So let's pray. Father God, we invite Holy Spirit tonight to be our teacher, that Lord, I would not interfere with what your spirit would do, and that Father God, we would leave here, Father, with an understanding uh, of the importance that we have as parents and grandparents to be ones who stand in the gap for our children, uh, that they would be the men and women of God one day that you have intended for them to be. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, let's start here with Psalm 127, verse 3. Let's do a little background first. And that tells us, Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Okay, they're a gift to us. So whether they're our natural children, or adopted, or by marriage, the child is a gift of God to us. We need to remember that. So let's look at another one here from the prophet Samuel's mother in the book of uh, 1 Samuel, chapter 1, verse 28, where she prays or says here, as long as he lives, he is dedicated to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is dedicated to the Lord. And what we learn from that is that children are not our possession. Uh, People talk about, oh, they're my greatest possession. They're not yours. They're the Lord's. They belong to the Lord. We have the privilege and the responsibility of seeing them raised one day to serve the Lord. So our children need nurture. Our children need care. But they also need our prayers. That's what we, why we're here tonight So when it comes to praying for our children And our grandchildren I include the grandparents there uh, And also you know, maybe you're folks that uh, You don't have children of your own But it's your nieces and nephews That are like your children Okay, I get it, no problem So consider if um, We as parents and grandparents Don't pray for our children Who will? That's always the big question before us If I don't, who will? And to me, that's a frightening thought to know that our children and grandchildren would be without prayer coverage, be without someone watching over them spiritually in the the prayer world, in the world of prayer intercession. That's a frightening thought that if I don't, who will? And we need to hold that very dear to our hearts because then we would act very differently if we really believe this, we would take this responsibility. So this is one of the most important ministries we have as a believer. I remember one time I did a funeral and uh, I had said to the family, well, what did your mother uh, do for a living in life? Uh, Tell a little bit about her background. Well, she was just a wife and a mother and a grandmother. I said, what? That's the greatest testimony she could have to be a wife, a mother, and a grandmother. That's wonderful. My gosh, societies are built upon people like this. We need them desperately. That's a great testimony to have. So this is one of our most important ministries as a believer. We pray for our children. It's a lifetime ministry you're going to have. And when you realize you're a parent, wow, I'll be a parent for the rest of my days on this earth. And if you're a grandparent, you're going to be a grandparent for the rest of your days on this earth. And it's not just to say, hey, look at my title. It's to say, I have a ministry. I have a prayer ministry first to my children and grandchildren. So because you're a parent or a grandparent, you have a supernatural tie to their souls. God set it up that way. You have a supernatural ability to connect to them and to speak into their spirit realm like no one else can we were made to be prayer connected. You're special. You are truly special just because there's a spiritual connection made there by being a parent and a grandparent. So the good news is if you haven't yet been praying for your children and grandchildren on a regular basis, you can always start afresh. You can always start anew. God is always the God of new beginnings. Uh, so tonight could be a new beginning for you in a prayer ministry that maybe you didn't realize that you had. This could be a new beginning for you tonight. I would be delighted to see that happen. So praying for our children, it, first of all, is not begging God. Most people, sad to say, their prayer life, no matter what it is, is begging God. This is not a prayer life. That is not how we address Father God. We don't have to talk Him into His will. If he said it in his word, it's his will for our lives. We can agree with it to see it come to pass. We don't have to beg him into it. Uh, we see in the Old Testament, the concept is, he tells us, is to bring his word back to him when we pray. Because he has a desire to fulfill his word. And we want to also, therefore, speak the word of God over our children this is a big key to our prayer ministry as parents and grandparents that we bring the word of God about our children back to the Lord and we speak the word of God over them now you and I as Americans weren't raised to do this but when you become born again you, you enter into a new kingdom and then there's a new learning we all go through to learn what normal life really is Because all those years, I didn't know what was normal. I'm discovering now what normal is. So uh, this is normal for the believer to pray back the Word of God to the Father and to pray that over our children. So uh, we want prayers to be more proactive than reactive. Most people, their prayer life is a reactive prayer life because something happened to them. We want to be proactive in setting the course for our children's lives, which you have the ability to do. So tonight I have seven important things to pray for your children. It could be 10, it could be 20. These are just the basic seven. So we obviously could add a lot more here. Uh, these are very general. Uh, we could add a lot more to these topics. So let's start with number one here. How about we have slide one? Salvation. Isn't that number one? Uh, there is an angel speaking in the book of Acts in uh, chapter 11, uh, 11, verse 14, and he says, or she says, or it says, I don't even know what they are, uh, which you will be saved, you and your household. Which you will be saved, you and your household. God is into household salvation. And whole families coming into the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, household salvation was God's idea you don't have to talk him into it. He wants it to happen. So if you're not sure your children or grandchildren know Jesus as their savior, then this is your number one foundational prayer for them. Uh, This is um, easy to understand, right? Not a difficult thing. That is a devotion you will have to make sure they will come into the kingdom of God. And people will say, well, you can't violate their free will. I know that, but a free will is not in concrete. It's like a green branch that's bendable, depending on what influences it. If the, enemy, if the wicked one influences it, it's bent in one direction. But if godly parents are praying, that, that will, which looks like concrete, is bent in another direction towards the Lord. And of course, nobody in their right mind, if they could see the difference between heaven and hell, would choose hell. No one in their right mind, but because the enemy is, a, is wicked and deceives people as to the knowledge of the truth, people have to have their eyes open to see, oh, this is the way it was supposed to be. What was I thinking? And they come to the knowledge of the truth. So uh, that is your foundational prayer. If you're not sure your children and grandchildren know the Lord, I suggest you pray for them daily. Um, that they, especially if they're very young, that they would receive Jesus as their Savior at a young age, unhindered by no one. Um, that the words of the gospel would be pleasant to their hearing. That their hearts would receive it with joy. I pray this daily for my granddaughter. She's seven, and um, I don't really see yet a commitment to Christ, so she will. Because granddad's praying. Grandma's praying when you got praying grandmas and granddads, it's, it's inevitable. You're going to receive Christ. That's us all, let do it, because we're not letting go. And that should be our attitude here. So, this is a very important issue, number one. It's very easy to understand. So, let's go on to some others here. And they're in no special order of importance. But obviously, salvation is our main prayer always for our young ones. All right, let's go to number two here. Next slide. Discernment in Christ. Hmm, how about that one? Discernment in Christ— Let's go to Psalm 119, verse 66. Teach me good discernment and knowledge, for I believe in your commandments. Teach me good discernment and knowledge. I like that scripture. Our children desperately need good discernment. I don't think anybody will say, oh, come on, you know that. Uh, Praying that good discernment would be pleasing to my child's heart is a good way to start right off the bat in itself, that my child receives and is, wants good discernment. I remember I met a mom one time um, and she used to tell her a junior high school son every day when he left the house, make good choices today. What's she doing? She's teaching and she's sowing life into him. And that kid is going to have that memorized in his sleep. Make good choices today. And you know, when bad choices come your way, guess what? He's gonna hear mom's voice. Make good choices today. Yeah, she was absolutely right on. What she was talking about was discernment. So today's children, I think we all know this, they're being bombarded with wrong choices. Uh, Issues and choices I never saw growing up. Uh, The challenges presented to youth today are totally astounding. I believe there's an all out war from the evil one to take this generation. There's an onslaught against our youth today. I believe as there's never been for in, in human history. It is the vomit of hell coming on our society today. All you have to do is turn on the news and see what what's people are facing. You go, I don't believe this. Has everyone lost their minds? Yes, they have. Wow, do you realize when you're here tonight, you're among sane people? Do you ever think about that? You go to church, oh, it's nice to see sane people today. I didn't see any all day. No, I'm really serious. I used to have those thoughts when I used to have secular judges. I used to have those thoughts. Oh, it's nice to meet sane people for once. People that are normal. Ah, it's a good feeling. Yeah, it's just crazy out there today. And if spiritual uh, discernment was ever needed, it's certainly needed today. A discernment that's in Christ. Uh, meaning that the Word of God tells us that we have the mind of Christ. And the mind of Christ doesn't mean you have his brain. It means the attitude and the, and the understanding Christ has in decisions that need to be made. So we need to have uh, Christ's discernment reigning in our children. Even though they might be at a young age, the mind of Christ can still operate with great maturity, even in a child. It's amazing. I've seen it happen. Now, the answer to this, of course, is praying parents, praying grandparents. Uh, We are the ones who stand in the gap and pray for our children. So we have to have uh, a belief that they will have a supernatural discernment in their days that they're living through. Deuteronomy chapter 30 here, verse 19. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have placed before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants. How about that? The decisions that we make as parents and grandparents to choose life will affect our children as well. It'll affect our homes. That's a very powerful scripture. Uh, Children need parents and grandparents who know how to instruct them to choose life every day so that the child will be a child who grows up discerning, a child that is a discerning child. So our prayer focus here for our children and grandchildren is to have them make decisions each day that biblically choose life. That's the biblical point here because we want them to grow in discernment. Okay, let's go to number three here. Uh, selflessness in service for the kingdom of God. This is an important one we may not think about sometimes. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, And each one has received a special gift. Employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the multifaceted grace of God. Okay, service. As a parent when my son was growing up i didn't want him to grow up to be a selfish adult who only cared about himself if he did i would feel i failed i'm not trying to raise someone who'll be like the rest of the world that doesn't know christ it's all about me maybe you come second or third i don't want that i want him to consider others more important than himself Um, now of course prayer here is essentially important but what kind of life we bring for our child really helps here a great deal. One benefit of a church of why families should be churched is because our children can learn to live selfless lives in service to the kingdom of God from a very young age. Uh, A key teaching from the Lord's church is not just for adults here, but that we all learn to live selfless lives in serving the Lord. Uh, This is a character virtue, right? That we want to see. And this character virtue, is best learned when you're young. When we are driving selfishness out of us, we hope. Virtues that we want to see in our children. If you think about and made a list, gee, what virtues do I want to see in my child? Uh, They have to first be prayed through by the parents, by the grandparents, and then modeled by the parents' behavior. Our behavior is the language our children hear. Uh, I don't know if you remember the great singer, uh, Judy Garland. I'm sure you do. We can forget Judy Garland, what a voice. Judy Garland led a very uh, difficult, challenged life. And she used to tell her kids, look at me, do the opposite. Because she knew she was messed up. Look at me, do the opposite. Because uh, she knew her behavior uh, is going to affect what kind of adults they become, what they see. And yeah, that's very, very true. So here again, a church, our own church, serves as a great help with our children's ministries, our youth ministries, to help teach our children how to live unselfish lives and how to serve in the kingdom of God. I mean, every Wednesday when I come here, I always stop at the church office first and see if I got any mail and see what's happening. And then I come over here to church, and every time I go there on a Wednesday, the food pantry's open. And I see these young people, preteens and teenagers, serving in the food pantry. And that is so cool. It just puts a smile on my face. I'm like, look at this. I wasn't doing that at that age. At that age, it was like, hey, serve me, serve me. These kids are learning how to serve others and enjoy it in the process. And have a smile on their face when they do it. I love it you go look at their faces sometimes. They're having fun. They're enjoying themselves. They're learning to a life of service from a young age. Those parents deserve stars because that's exactly what we should have our children doing, serving in some capacity. Oh, amen. 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 Um, so um, we're talking here about prayer tonight, but in praying for our children, our grandchildren, we want to pray for them to hold on to the character of a servant. This is something they need to learn at a young age. I always prayed for my son when he was growing up. I have one child who's uh, he's, he's an adult now. I always prayed for my son when he was growing up that Holy Spirit would bring people into his life who were believers who could learn, he could learn from and model from. Because you know, all kids at one point truly believe mom and dad know nothing. What was it? The Mark Twain quote? Isn't it amazing how much my father grew up from the time I was 16 to 18 years old? Mark Twain grew up. That was his point. Dad wasn't all that dumb. Uh, Yeah, right. And so how do you overcome that? You want to make sure there's people in their lives that are good, godly men and women and know how to sow the word of God into them. Know how to sow behavior into them that they'll want to model. And uh, that's exactly what the Lord brought. He brought people into my son's life from our church here, much older, uh, 20s, 30s, 40s, mostly 20s, 30s, who were able to sow a behavior in him that he thought this is the way a man should look like when he grows up. Not like the junk he sees on television or on the internet or the stupid songs out there. This is the the behavior I need to have. Now, of course, that's all unconscious. He doesn't know that. He doesn't think of that. But that's exactly what happened. Holy Spirit did just that. Uh, People would come in and would practice their service in the kingdom of God and help shape his mind in a godly mindset. And yeah, when he got older, he started to revert back to the models he saw. So my prayers uh, were answered. And not only that, uh, those men and women, well, mostly men, uh, receive a reward in the Lord that they were able to duplicate their life into somebody else and affect the next generation to serve God. This is what's supposed to happen. So that's important that we pray that the Lord bring those people into their lives. All right, number four here, love in friendships and right relationships. I kind of combined these together. Um, believers should want their children to grow up as people who love others boy that's important when we look at the scripture that tells us without love we're nothing that should say everything to us in john chapter 13 verse 35 fantastic scripture uh, from jesus here by this all people will know you are my disciples if you have love for one another that for centuries has always been the mark of Christian behavior they loved they loved those who persecuted them they loved one another and they practiced love a true story uh, from the first century uh, well no this is probably second century a lot of Christians were martyred for the faith and uh, it was not uncommon that if uh, if parents were killed martyred for the gospel's sake a family could get a knock on their door 11, 12 o'clock at night, whatever, and they'd open the door and there'd be one of the elders of the church holding a baby in their arms and they said, their parents died today, this is your child. And no one would blink, they would go, okay. And they would take that child in and they would raise that child as if they were their own. The unsaved saw that and were astounded. Why are you doing such a thing? I don't know if you knew about this, but in the Roman Empire, um, Uh, Men were desired and uh, male babies were desired and female babies were not desired. So sometimes with female babies were literally put in the gutters, they were unwanted. And urchins would come by, pick them up and raise them to be prostitutes in the Roman Empire. Yeah. So obviously when Christians started acting like this, they were different. Why would you sow your life into a child that's not yours? Because we love. That's why. It's in our hearts to do this. We're not following do's and don'ts. This is something that's in my heart to be a believer. So here, Jesus tells us, if you love one another, that people will know know you're my disciples. So my point here is that praying from a young age, we need to lift up our children in prayer that they would have a love in their hearts for their fellow man as their greatest trait. You know, of things we think of praying for our children, we never quite think of, oh, that my son or daughter would be one that really loves souls. We tend not to think like that. But isn't that one of the most important things that we could say our children have is a love for other people. I know my son does, far greater than I do. And I'm like, wow. Uh, Wow. He, He amazes me on how unselfish sometimes he can be in love towards others. And I'm like... He excels me. I've said it more than once, John, you're a better man than me. Uh, because I, the Lord did something in him that I certainly can't take credit for. I'm amazed here. So we have here, in the title here, I had said, um, um, well, I'm on the wrong page. Yeah, here it is. Love and friendships. And I added another one to this, which was right relationships which kind of goes along with us a little bit. We want our children and our grandchildren to have right relationships. We all know that. So we need to pray for them then, that they would develop right relationships. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. You've all heard that before. And boy, isn't that true. From uh, other prayer points we've looked at here on discernment, this would probably fit right along with that prayer point as well. Uh, We need to know that we're going to be like those that we hang around with. So I'm real careful when my son was growing up who we hung around with. I I wanted them to be believers, but more than that, from a a family that actually practiced Christianity, not just said only, I'm a believer, but you could see it in their children what uh, was happening in the home right? If you want to send somebody's home, just watch their kids and you'll find out what's going on in their home real quick by their behavior. And when these children want the Lord, those are the people I want my son to hang around when he was growing up. And this would also include when we're talking about loving people, having the right relationships, I would also include in this area learning to forgive. Yeah, we need to teach our children from a young age to learn to forgive. You know, hurt's going to come in life. People are going to betray you. They're going to let you down. They're going to hurt you. How are you going to handle it? We have to teach them from a young age to be a forgiving people. Uh, my son has learned that. I don't know how, but he really did. And uh, it wasn't something I heavily highlighted, but the Lord did something in his life. And I would highly encourage folks to keep that really uh, as a top list as a parent, to constantly giving lessons to your children to be forgiving and praying that they would be a forgiving people. Uh, Children need to learn from a young age how to love unconditionally. We need to talk about that to them. Our children need to know how to make right relationships. And if you don't tell them, who's going to? You know, I would also add here, um, I know many people have done this, uh, is praying for your uh, child's future spouse that the Lord would bring their futures. I believe you used to pray for that all the time, right? Praying that uh, their future spouse would come one day when they were little kids. Amen. That's the first time I ever heard of that was from Maureen and Walter about praying for their children that their spouse one day is being prepared for them by the Lord. Yeah. Nobody, you know, anybody here with common sense knows you marry the wrong person. Welcome to hell. You know that. Yeah. And it's very important that um, we don't want to see that for our children. Nobody wants that. So we want to see our children marry someone that's going to love Jesus more than them. And someone that's going to uh, be there alongside as a helpmate to serve the Lord in their life. And so we need to call that forth from a young age. That the Lord's preparing the perfect uh, helpmate for our son, for our daughter. Everybody getting this so far? Yeah. It's really simple stuff. It's stuff that we, some of us need to be reminded of. Okay, let's look at number five here. This is something people don't think about victory in temptation how about that one? one first corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 no temptation has overtaken you except something common to mankind for god is faithful and he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but with temptation will provide the way of escape also so that you will be able to endure it you know we need to remember that We're going to live a lifetime where temptations will assault us. They will assail us and try to get us off of the right path to walk. Whether you're a child or you're an adult, it doesn't stop. Temptations come over a lifetime. And uh, there's no sin in being tempted, but the sin is what we do with it when we give into that and lead to the, the enemy's plan that he would have for our lives. We don't want that. And our children need to learn what to do from a young age, when temptation comes. I think people did this more years ago than they do today in teaching their children. But uh, that's something very clearly there. First Corinthians uh, 10, to pray for your children. So children need parents and grandparents to be champions for them, to support them in prayer. Uh, don't wait for the bottom of life to fall out to be a prayer warrior for them. Be a proactive before that should ever happen and never happen. So the praying parent, the praying grandparent can simply pray that no temptation shall overtake my child that way so that they would have the way of escape clearly shown to them by Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit surely shows us the way out. Uh, children need to know that their parents are praying for them. I don't know if you ever say that to your children. That's when you just add the clear blue, you go, you know, I'm praying for you. Oh yeah, yeah I am every day i'm praying for you and they need to hear that every now and then you know something i'm praying for you i know you told me yeah i'm praying for you why don't you know that all right but when they get older thank you for praying for me thank you for praying for me they get it and uh you need to tell them that you're praying for them you're on my prayer list i pray for you every single day because you are the most important person in the world to me next to mommy or daddy do you hear what i just said that's teaching your children priorities. You wanna bless your wives, man, you tell them, you're the most important person on the face of this earth to me next to Jesus. But if you wanna teach your children priorities, you tell them, dads, you're the most important thing in the world to me next to mommy. You have just taught them priorities of life from a young age that they will learn as they get older. We need to tell our children, You're a priority to me because I pray for you. You're important to me. I want to pray for you. And that will inside fill them with great, great, great encouragement. Um, They need to know that the Lord is watching and smiling at them when they make the right decisions when temptations come. People need to know the Lord is smiling at you when you do right. They need to learn as they grow that they can get victory over temptation. And they're not going to know this unless we as parents sow that into them, but pray that for them. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. He always leads us into triumph. So uh, helping our children learn that they can overcome uh, temptation and find victory in temptation is really a wonderful thing to pray for our children. Most people don't think about that. Number six here. Uh, Praying a desire for the word of God and for the things of the spirit. Praying for our children would have a desire for the word of God and the things of the spirit. Can't say enough about this. Uh, Isaiah chapter 59 verse 21 at the NIV Bible. As for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit who is in you will not depart from your mouth. My words that I have put in your mouth will always be on your lips and on the lips of your children and on the lips of their descendants from this time on and forever, says the Lord. How is the words of the Lord going to be on their lips unless we put them there? How are they going to be on their lips unless they see mom and dad having the word of God on their lips? Uh, From a young age, our children need to learn a love for the scriptures. Make sure they always have their own Bible, age appropriate. What I mean by that? I remember one time many years ago. I don't know. Maybe this was 1979, 1980. We're going to church, and this whole family, whole, whole herd of them, they would come to church, and everyone would have a Bible. And their real little one was a little over two years old, and she had this little tiny pocket Bible. Because all her brothers and sisters had a Bible. Uh, when? She had all sisters. All her sisters had a Bible, and she had her own little Bible. And she clutched that thing so hard, you couldn't pry that out of her hand. She can't read it, but she walked in that church with her Bible in her hand. She went everybody see she had a Bible. What were her parents doing? Age appropriate. They were starting her at a young age. This is your Bible. You need to walk with this. You need to have this in your life from a very young age, and getting a translation, of course, that they could read, because not all translations are uh, are, are friendly. I mean, you don't try to start a child off with King James; uh, that's twelfth grader, senior, uh, first year college level reading. You start them off with something easy that they can read at uh, in their understanding, but they should have that love for a Scripture for years and years because mom and dad made it a point to give them a Bible at different points in their life. So we have a duty before God here, as we see here in Isaiah, uh, that our children need to speak the word of God. Regarding Abraham, God said here in Genesis chapter 18 verse 19, I think this is King James, for I know him and he will command his children and his household after him and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, and the Lord will bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. So here we see God could trust Abraham to command his children. Wow. If we want our children to read the Word of God, they need to see their parents reading the Word of God, especially their fathers. Children from the youngest age should have. Parents and grandparents who read the word of God to them. Age appropriate. Now, when my son was real little and then with my granddaughter, you can buy them their Bible in cartoons. It's a cartoon Bible. And you sit down with them. They love to look at the cartoons and you read along with the cartoons. It's the Bible just in cartoon pictures. And you can sit alongside and they look at them. Oh, read that story again. Read that story again. And they're with you. From a young age, they're learning biblical stories and mom and dad are the ones there doing that. It's a very simple thing to do. Um, you never know how much of this sinks in and holds on to them when they grow older. You just never know what they retain. It's, it's absolutely amazing. Especially in the early years, it's vitally important for our children to be exposed to the Word of God. I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but the Roman Catholic Jesuits used to have a very old saying, give us a child till he's seven and we'll have him for life. They were correct. What were they saying? Give us a child till he's seven years old and we'll teach him to walk with God and he'll walk with God for his entire life. They were 100% correct. It's very important today we get them, not when they're teenagers, we get them before age seven. Because the Harry Potter people are going after them from seven to nine years old and they're teaching children witchcraft. What does that tell us? We need to get to them before they're seven years old. And let me tell you a true story here. Anybody remember that this silly cartoon in those toys years ago called Ninja Turtles? Remember them dumb things? Okay. Ninja's a Buddhist word. All right. Kids that have these as toys. Okay. They are, you know, kids like to play with their toys, right? So they're making a friend of it. So inside of themselves, subconsciously, they're saying, ninja, good, nice, yeah, friendly. Yeah, I like that. And one day when they get older and forgotten all about ninja toys, and somebody tells them about Buddhism, and they hear the word ninja, what's gonna happen? Subconsciously, it's gonna make a connection. Oh, friend, this is good. They were sown into them as a child to accept teachings they're gonna hear years from, uh, from now. That's a plan of the enemy, folks. There's a plan of the enemy today to get your children to accept homosexuality as normal. There's a plan from the enemy today to get your children to, ex- to just experience the vomit of hell as normal. It is not normal. Amen. And it's horrible beyond words. My gosh, why don't we as parents make sure they receive the friendship of the word of God in their hearts and the things of the Lord as they get older, they won't depart from them. That makes us very important that we pray for our children here uh, from a very young age to have a love for the word of God. People wouldn't think to pray for that. You need to do that. It's also important here to remember uh, teaching our children to pray from a very young age. But for to learn our children to pray, mom and dad have to pray with them, especially before the age of seven. Okay. And notice here, I also put under this category um, and the things of the spirit. Um, it's very important that we raise our children not to be intellectually religious people. It's important we need to teach them to be spiritual people who embrace the things of the Spirit of God. We will never touch God with our intellect and our rational mind. He's not found in the rational mind arena. He's found in the spirit realm and he's found by faith and he's found by the connection of Holy Spirit. Our children need to know this from a young age. They don't need to know religious route and religious do's and don'ts. How many people have grown up and said, I want no part of church because of the way they were raised. They don't need that. They need true spirituality. And they need, a, and they need a mom and dad that knows that and exposes them uh, in a church to that. Um, if we want to see Pentecostal children, they, we've got to have Pentecostal parents who act in a Pentecostal way. That would be normal in the eyes of the Lord. We need to be doing that and praying that our children would, would have a fra, uh, want to be familiar with the things of the Spirit, want the Holy Spirit in, in their lives from a very young age. Uh, I don't know about you, but I've met many children from a young age that speak in tongues. And that is exciting to see. God is doing something that that's going to be with them for their life. Because they're training to be spirit beings, not intellectual beings. Okay, let's go to number seven here. My last one here. And that is boldness in truth. Boldness in truth. In Ephesians chapter 6 verses 19 and 20. We have here, and pray in my behalf that speech may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that in proclaiming it, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. The apostle Paul here was a very bold man regarding the things of the Lord. I think he was probably that way before he was saved. And our children should grow up to be men and women of conviction. It's so sad when you see so many young people today that have none. People today should have a solid spiritual backbone. We should want our children to be unashamed of the gospel and and the name of Jesus. Uh, People who love the truth of God's word. People who are bold about the things of God. Well, it takes parents to instill that in them and to pray that in them. Unfortunately, we live in a world today that is very hostile to the name of Jesus. Our children need boldness for the name of Jesus and the gospel, and they need to learn this at a young age. So praying that our children would grow up with a boldness tempered by love is a quality we want to see in them because we're shaping their lives as adults right now to instill in them to stand up for Christ. And we've seen many children in this church grow up with deep convictions for their love of their country, uh, love of, of the, the Christian witness uh, in America that needs to be there because their parents and their, their church instill that into them from very young children. I'm amazed at how patriotic some of our young people are that have grown up here at the Church of Grace and Peace. We have one who just was elected mayor here in Ocean County. Wow! Let's see Congressman. Let's see senator. Amen. We have some that have gone on to pastor churches, some that have gone on to be on the mission field. Wow, that's exciting. They're not people that walk away from the Lord when they're older. They walk with the Lord. So let's take a look here um, at, at, at a summary of this, all I just said, if you didn't write them down. Salvation, discernment in Christ, selflessness in service for the kingdom of God, love in friendship and right relations, victory in temptation, a desire for the word of God and for the things of the spirit, and boldness in truth. So as we kind of bring this to an end tonight, we want to consider that we need to be parents and grandparents who pray for their children. And we could see here, this is a work. Wow, this is a work, but it's a labor of love. Uh, The Christian family advocate, Dr. Dobson, I'm sure you've heard of. He once wrote a book years ago called Parenting Isn't for Cowards. Well, if I can paraphrase him a little bit, praying parents isn't for cowards either. It's everything. One thing to mention here, uh, praying the word of God over our children, as I said before, is the most important aspect of our prayers. We don't want to pray our opinions or our wants we want to pray with the word of god has already been spoken about them so i said earlier in the old testament the lord tells us to put us in remembrance of his word this is the most scriptural type and superior type of prayer we can do as parents and grandparents now, many folks don't know how to do this. I get it. No problem there. And, but they need guidance in this area. So, uh, there was a, a sister in the Lord. Can I have some help here? I have some handouts. If you just hand them out to everybody here, whoever wants to just pitch in, give me a hand right now. Bold men or women, come right up. Just hand them out to everybody here in the uh, audience here, uh, if you would be so kind. Uh, there's a great sister in the Lord uh, named Jermaine Copeland. And she wrote a lot of books on how to pray scripturally in this area. And uh, one of the books she wrote is called Prayers That Availeth Much. Who's heard of the book Prayers That Availeth Much? Okay, great, not enough. Okay, good. You need to know that book, you need to own that book. Uh, She's written many Prayers That Availeth Much for Mothers uh, and Prayers That Availeth Much for Fathers. Uh, I think they're even leather copies. I know I had one and loaned it out and never got it back. Okay. Uh, But there's so many of them that she has out there. They're really cool because she takes um, the word of God and turns it into a prayer. That's what we want. Um, So uh, we need to be as parents and grandparents praying for our children and grandchildren uh, by praying the word of God over them. So what I have here is just a sample from one of her books. It's simply called Prayer for Children. Uh, obviously, the intention here was for children, uh, parents or grandparents to pray this. And at the second side of the page here, she shows you here where the scriptures are that she got all these prayers from. They're in the audience, uh, the, uh, the, audience the order of appearance. And um, being we have a little time tonight left over, why don't we pray this right now? Now, there's a blank here where you put the names of your children in. So those of you who have seven and eight kids, we don't have time for this. So let's just call them children and grandchildren, okay? Okay, there you go. Does everybody have that yet or are we still moving around? Well, that's really great. You know, it's the seven, eight children people. They have big quivers, Bob, you know. I have only one child. I have a little quiver. It's real small. I only have one child, a little, little, little quiver only have one grandchild, real little quiver. But for those who got big quivers, I think it's great. Praise God. All right. Are we okay here? Everybody got it? All right. Why don't we just all pray this together here? Let's all join together. Let's just all say it in unison. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray and confess your word over my children grandchildren. And I surround them with my faith and my faith in your word and that you watch over it to perform it. I confess and believe that my children, grandchildren, are disciples of Christ, taught of the Lord and obedient to your will. Great is the peace and undisturbed composure of my children, because you, my Father God, contend with that which contends with my children, grandchildren, and you give them safety and ease them. Father, your will you will perfect that which concerns me, my children and grandchildren. I commit the cast and cast the care of my children and grandchildren once and for all over to you. Father, they are in your hands. And I am positively persuaded that you are able and willing to guard and keep that which you have, I have committed to you. You are more than enough. I confess that my children and grandchildren obey their parents and grandparents in the Lord as representatives, for this is just and right. For my children and grandchildren, all of them, honor, esteem, and value as precious their parents' grandparents, for this is the first commandment with a promise that they may all be well with my children and grandchildren and they may live long life on the earth." I believe and confess that my children and grandchildren choose life and love you foremost. And the Lord, our God, obey your voice and cling to you, for you are their life and the length of their days. Therefore, my children and grandchildren are the head and not the tail. They shall be above and not only and not beneath. And they are blessed when they come in and blessed when they go out. I believe and declare today that you give your angels charge over my children grandchildren to accompany and defend and preserve them in all their ways. You, Lord, are their refuge and fortress. You are their glory and lifter of their heads. As parents and grandparents, we will not provoke, irritate, or fret our children grandchildren. We will not be hard on them or harass them, or cause them to be discouraged, sullen, morose, and feel inferior and frustrated. We will not break or wound their spirit. We will render them tenderly in the training, discipline, counsel, and admonition of the Lord. We will train them in the way that they should go, and that when they are old, they will not depart from it. O Lord, my Lord, how excellent, majestic, and glorious is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory on and above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and unweaned infants, you have established strength because of your foes that you might silence the enemy and the avenger. I sing praise to your name, O Most High. The enemy and his evil cohorts are turned back from my children and grandchildren in the name of Jesus. And all of them increase in wisdom and in favor with my God and with men in the days ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, do you see what she did there? She took those scriptures and spoke the word of God over them, speaking those things that maybe be not as though they were. Oh, my children are obedient. I don't know about that one. Well, you're speaking those things that be not as though they are by sowing the word of God into them. Now, if you don't really know quite how to pray for children and grandchildren, this is a great first start. If you did this every day, you wouldn't be doing wrong. You're not doing meaningless rote here. It has scriptural value that you're praying over your children and grandchildren. And I would venture to say, if you're faithful to do this, well, let's just say a month, I think you're going to see a difference in them. I really believe you're going to see a difference because the word of God has got to change people when we are praying because of the connection we have spiritually as parents and grandparents over our children. Don't we want to see them to grow up and serve the Lord, to be with the Lord, to know the Lord, to not be strangers to the Lord and the things of the Lord? Well, we need to sow that into them. It's not just going to happen by osmosis. It's not going to happen because uh, they have mothers and fathers that are believers. God has no grandchildren. He only has children. Every one of them has got to make their own decision to walk with the Lord. And you are the greatest influence for that. And of course, as you read this, it talks about ourselves, how we behave towards them, right? That we would rear them tenderly with love. Um, I forgot the exact statistic. I should have looked it up before I got here. But does anybody ever heard of, um, uh, oh gosh, I just lost the guy's name. Uh, the pastor from South Africa in the 1800s. Andrew Murray. Am I ever read any books by Andrew Murray? They, he writes very prayerfully. They're very famous books. And he was a pastor in South Africa in the 1800s. I forgot the exact statistic. I know, he, I know him and his wife had more than 10 children. I know they did. It might have been closer to 20. And every one of those children, when they became adults, either became pastors evangelists, or if they were ladies, they married pastors, the entire family. Wow. Not that that's necessarily the goal, but wow, look with that godly household, how that affected those people. And who knows how many hundreds and hundreds of people they affected in their ministries as the years went on. That's, that's amazing. I don't, I don't know of a statistic like that anywhere. But that's the the family of of Dr. Andrew Murray from South Africa. So uh, what an amazing, amazing thought. You don't know what your prayers will do one day. You don't know what godly man or woman you're going to be raising, what godly husband or wife you're going to be raising one day. And we just thank you for it ahead of time because isn't that what we're supposed to do in the body of Christ? So may your prayer journey as parents and grandparents be a successful one let's pray here father god we believe today that the people hearing this message love their children love their grandchildren and they want to be agents of change agents of change to pray into their children and grandchildren that which they need to be successful in their christian walks lord god i ask you to encourage all the parents here and those that would listen to this the grandparents as well Encourage them to be men and women of God who pray for their children. That, Lord God, we would see a generation rising up, Father, that will change this nation, change this age that we live in, Father, for your glory. And we thank you for this, Father, for we realize this is the normal Christian life. Not to pray is not normal. To pray is normal. And we thank you for this in these days ahead in Jesus' name. And you say amen. Amen.